Welcome back to episode 137 of the Woman of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat everything Marvel and more. Today, we're bringing you a super shiny Iron Fist reading guide as we get ready for Marvel's Iron Fist on Netflix on March 17th. I'm so excited because I have the street-level editing team with me. Yeah, we're super straight. You're soup street. That was the most straight. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You guys have like a tea station in your office. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because we go hard yeah. on tea. Cool. Well, why don't you introduce yourselves? You've both been on our podcast before, but for those who are new listening. Uh, I am Jake Thomas, uh, an editor at Marvel. Uh, as Judy said, I work on the street books. Um, so that's like I, I do uh, the street level books is actually what they are. Um, so books like uh, Punisher, Power Man and Iron Fist, Moon Knight, uh, Black Widow, Patsy Walker, Hellcat. Those are, are my titles. And I'm Kathleen Wisniewski. I'm assistant editor, and so I help Jake on the street-level books, and I also assist on the Guardians of the Galaxy books. So uh, street and space is what I work Street on. and space. Well, yep. they're grounded right now, so they're sort of street. Yeah, they are, but um, they'll, they'll get back to space pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> I was, when I was saying street, I was thinking of, like, do you remember street teams from, like, the 90s? Oh, yeah. yeah. Where you would go, and I don't even know what you would do. But Hand out stickers, mostly, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, throwback to that. That's exactly what Iron Fist does, isn't he? Oh, that's what our office needs is more stickers. Yeah. <laughs> so, who is Danny Rand? Who is the Iron Fist? Well, uh, to understand who Danny Rand is, you got to understand who Danny Rand was. Oh. So let's take it back. <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, Danny Rand was the son of a, a, a great industrialist. Uh, who who um, had a, a, a crazy focus that he wanted to discover this mystical land of Kunlun. Um, is a land that appears every 10 years um, uh, high up in the Himalayas um, uh, through a, a, a sort of dimensional portal. And um, so uh, Danny's father took young Danny, Danny's mother, and his uh, business partner, Meacham, to uh, these Andes to go on this great journey. Uh, and on the trip, uh, Danny's father dies. Um, his business partner, Meacham, betrays them. Um, and then uh, running away from Meacham and, and uh, uh, his father's death, his mother is attacked by wolves and killed, saving her son, who is then found by the people of Kunlun, taken in and adopted um, from a very, very young age. So then he grows up um, uh, out of place, an outsider in this mystical land. Uh, he's brought up in their, their ways. Uh, he's taught their martial arts. And um, eventually he takes on a, a series of challenges, uh, ending with him defeating the one and pulling the heart from uh, the dragon Shaolo, the Undying, um, and he becomes the Iron Fist, who's the protector of Kunlun. 
Um, but when he becomes the Iron Fist, he is, is tasked with a choice. And that choice is um, a life, an, a life eternal in Kunlun as its protector, or death, uh, seeking vengeance against uh, Harold Meacham, the man who killed his father. And uh, he chooses death. He leaves Kunlun. Um, but by the time he finds Meacham, Meacham is an old man, um, and he realizes the the faultiness of, of vengeance and, and gives up his, his quest for vengeance against Meacham, but um, takes up the mantle of protector, an iron fist. So he arrives on the scene in New York City in sort of the the rickety-rackety of Hell's Kitchen. The, the rickety-rackety. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not so much anymore, but no. in the time period when uh, Iron Fist was created, Hell's <laughs> Kitchen was... Ben News Bears. Yes. So, and he becomes a protector uh, of, of New York City. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, he hooks up with someone who uh, his story will be greatly tied in with for uh, uh, the rest of his days here at Marvel, Power Man, Luke Cage. Um, and, you know, these comics uh, were coming up in the 70s when there was a lot of, um, you know, racial unrest and everything, and there was sort of this drive to... to bring people together and you would see that a lot uh, in the movies of the time where you know the movies that would team up like Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor and everything you know and get them into, into crazy adventures and stuff so um, we had this push to get Danny uh, who is again um, such an odd character because he is a, uh, he's the son of this great industrialist and has inherited a lot of that fortune so Danny's an, an extremely rich well-off white guy who spent a lot of his time growing up in a, a strange mystical uh, kingdom, and then uh, you have Luke Cage, who grew up on the streets of Harlem, uh, went to prison unjustly, was experimented on, and given these powers. Um, and the two of them become very unlikely friends, uh, and create the Heroes for Hire, where they they protect uh, Harlem and the city of New York at large. So they also have amazing costumes. They in have the seventies, pretty great costumes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have tried frequently to get the super high collar look that that Danny Sports to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't worked so far, mm-hmm. but uh, but my tiara looks beautiful. Everyone says so. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely there's that moment in Luke Cage on Netflix where he's like he comes outside and he's wearing like the tiara and yeah. the fans just love that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good bit. It's yeah. a good bit. Yeah. I I wonder if Iron Fist will have a throw too, considering Jessica Jones also had a throw Her to jewel costume. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we can only hope. I haven't uh, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I was on set very briefly. And they did not have any high collars that I saw, uh, but they did have a very cool car. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, if we're all very good, uh, we we say our prayers and pay our taxes. Maybe they'll give us a brief shot of Danny and his resplendent high collar, low, uh, yeah, low, low v. v, low V glory. I yeah. mean, those are kind of in, in style now. I think. Yeah, Where are you hanging out? <laughs> no. <laughs> there, there are a variety of necklines that are more acceptable in men's fashion than have ever been in other points in our history, I think. <laughs> well, that is exciting. Yeah. So we're expecting you to, to showcase one of these next week. Me yeah? personally in the office? Yes. All right. <laughs> done and done. I am happy to accommodate. <laughs> So, I mean, Iron Fist is such an interesting character because he's one of the many sort of, 
you know, he he clearly goes, he's that Marvel character of, like, he thinks that he's doing right, but really what he realizes is that he's he's picked maybe the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. And how he decides to then do good, do good, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. even though, you know, and it's it's really interesting because, like, you wouldn't necessarily know that he's sort of rolling in the bank if you read the comics because mm-hmm. he, he tends to live a little bit, like, below the, the typical, yeah. like... He's never really been comfortable with his wealth, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's something we've played with a lot throughout his, you know, his story. Um, and that's something that we'll, we'll probably... We, we've definitely talked about a bunch with the new book, and, and we'll, we'll possibly play with some as well, because... Um, in the, for instance, in the the first issue of the new Iron Fist uh, that Ed Brisson's writing and Mike Perkins is drawing, you actually see he, um, in the, the last big Iron Fist arc that we did, uh, Kun Loon gets destroyed, um, uh, and Danny is, is not able to protect it, but he, he manages to sort of avenge it and um, keep it keep it a little safe for the future. He takes away the... the the great threat, but Kunlun has been destroyed. Um, so uh, at the beginning of this story, um, because Kunlun is destroyed, Danny's powered by the chi of Kunlun, and since since Kunlun is now rebuilding, um, the chi uh, is is not there the way it once was. He's starting to lose it, um, and sort of like how you know Thor can't pick up Mjolnir if he is unworthy. Um, Danny is feeling very unworthy and, and feeling like that's why the Chi is leaving him as well. So he's going off on this um, sort of quest around the world to uh, fight any sort of martial arts master he can to prove himself strong and worthy and, and maybe hopefully try and reconnect with his Chi. And when we see him, you know, he's buying his way into these fights with bags full of money and he's flying all over the world to have these fights but you know when we see him he's in a you know sweats and a hoodie um he's staying in low rent motels like again he's using the money to to uh try and get this mojo back but he's not using the money to you know stay in in beautiful high-rise penthouses and and drive around in limos and that kind of stuff he's that's never really felt comfortable to him so it's interesting well why don't you talk a little bit more about the, the book that's coming out is it it's at now uh issue number one went to the printer um a week ago so mm-hmm. we'll probably be coming i don't know when this this is going up but it's it'll, going up friday so okay so probably in a couple weeks uh, it'll be out um but yeah it, it is uh, um it's an old school kung fu story uh, it, everything that I just said is, is uh, part of the first issue. And um, what, what essentially will happen is um, uh, Danny will find what he's looking for, potentially, a possible way to, to get his chi back. Um, but, uh, as is always the case with these things, it's never that simple. He finds a guy who uh, you know will tell him, if you come to this island... Um, We've got this sort of kung fu gauntlet for you to fight, and and through that gauntlet lies your power. So he's going to go out to this island and uh, fight these seven kung fu masters. Um, but the island is not what it seems. 
nor are the Kung Fu Masters. There are uh, secrets to be revealed, uh, things that will tie into Danny's history uh, uh, in a really interesting, cool way. And um, yeah, it's going to be a much tougher fight than Danny thinks it is. Mm-hmm. So uh, if, if you're a fan of like uh, old Kung Fu Shaw Brothers movies like I am, uh, or even if you just love Danny, um, you love uh, uh, crazy fight comics or... or, or um, you know, uh, the, the seeing the hero go through a great trial. Like, it's a very good old-school sort of hero's journey kind of story. Um, I, I, I think it's really fun, really effective. Ed Brisson's writing it really well. Um, Mike Perkins is drawing it, and he is uh, the perfect choice. I mean, he's, he's a great artist who manages to really get a good creepy tone. Um, you know, is it, this this comic sort of lives in the, in a weird half world between like a kung fu comic, like a horror comic. You, uh, Perkins is really good at taking the sort of mystical kung fu elements and making them feel very scary and very real. You know, um, so that's been really fun to watch. Um, it's been colored by Andy Troy, and I think this is some of the best coloring Andy's done ever. Uh, he, he and Perkins have worked together for a bit, so they know each other really well. Um, but I I, I think. Uh, Andy's stepped up his game even more now. Uh, the first issue is, I think, some of the most gorgeous colors he's ever done. So it's a beautiful book, I think. What do you think, Kathleen? I agree. I agree. Oh, it's okay. a beautiful book. Uh, hmm. And uh, and another great thing about it is, uh, like Jake was talking about, is uh, a hero's journey and the trials, and it's also the all of the mystery is behind the conflicts so when Danny goes into a fight you can root for him wholeheartedly and there's no like wishy-washiness about oh should I be fighting this person it's just that the hero knows what he has to do and he's on that path and he's chasing after uh, getting his sense of identity back and then eventually on the side of good yeah Yeah. Um, and I think um, speaking to that point I think you're absolutely right um, one of the other things that they've done really well is they've made a bunch of very compelling... I, I don't even want to call them villains mm-hmm. or even antagonists. Like, it's... Um, some of them are. Like, there's, there's a wide variety of characters in these Seven Masters. And some of them are, you know, nasty kung fu villains who just want to beat Danny up and take his power and that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, some of them are the, you know, very sort of honorable fighters where... Mm-hmm. You know, Danny is is the best. Danny is the you know uh, uh, the Iron Fist. That's a huge thing, and uh, they they look at this fight as a sort of honor. You know, getting to spar with a great master, and you know, of course, they want to beat him. They want to be the best, but they want to uh, like just have that experience and everything is a meaningful thing. And and this uh, uh, you know this sort of kung fu uh, that they study is not just about physical dominance or stuff like that but there's a um, there's an actual uh, sort of ethos behind it mm-hmm. um, that is really interesting I, I always love again villains and antagonists that have um, a real strong point of view and a point of view that you can understand and, and sympathize with and I, I think we've got some uh, we've got some really good angles on that throughout this book cool can you guys talk a little bit also what else your your street level books you're working on Sure. Um, we've got Punisher right now, uh, which is written by the great Becky Cloonan. Uh, she's doing some really, really fantastic work. Uh, I, I just hung out with her a bit at uh, Emerald City Comic Con. 
Um, for those of you who don't know Becky, she's a great writer. Uh, she's also an incredible illustrator. Um, I was watching her draw uh, an, some incredible uh, Conan uh, uh, pictures there, which was awesome. She's very metal, very heavy metal lady. Um, <laughs> so she's she's a badass, and uh, her Punisher book is the same. It's being drawn by Matt Horak now, um, his first stuff for us for Marvel, and uh, they are so on the same page. It's amazing. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Becky, being an artist, I think writes very well for artists, and, and, and gives them a wide berth to draw stuff. Um, and some artists thrive in that and some don't. Some really want to have like explicitly what's going on. Um, but Matt is one of those guys where, you know, Becky will have an action beat and say, well, like, here's basically what needs to happen. But, you know, throw in anything else you like or whatever, and, and Matt will find some really, really fun stuff to throw in there. Uh, just, a, just a great visual mind on that guy, I think. So we got that book. Um, we just sent the last issue of Chris Samney and Mark Wade's Black Widow to press, um, which is very sad <laughs> for me because I love that book so much. But it is the the you know they they came to us with a twelve issue arc, um, so this is what they've been building to the whole time, uh, and it, it's just stunning. It is um, it's it's hard for me to talk about because. Uh, um, you know, their Daredevil was one of the greatest runs I have been here to see grow, you know. Like, I, I never got to work on it, but it was the kind of book where just there was an energy in the hallways when that was coming in, that this is this is something incredible. Uh, so to be on their follow-up and to have it be uh, so, so, like, a, a, a worthy follow-up to Daredevil, you know, and, and maybe I think it's better than their Daredevil, but I'm not a... <laughs> I, I might be biased, <laughs> um, and, and, I, and I think they stuck the landing. I think the, they, they nailed the end, and it's wonderful, and I, I can't wait for people to see it. Um, so we've got that. Uh, we're about to put um, Power Man and Iron Fist uh, uh, out, the, the, uh, the sort of big conclusion to uh, the, the story that they've been telling there, which is... is uh, really fantastic. If you've been reading that book, they've got a. Um, but the story that they're telling right now is called Street Magic, um, and it's something we've been seeding for a while in that book. That um, uh, it was an idea that um, David Walker and I came up with. David Walker's the writer, where um, uh, as sort of an incidental thing earlier on, and then we loved it so much that we really were like, okay, well, let's actually grow this and grow this. Uh, the idea that there's there's the like high level magic. The like Doctor Strange knows, um, but then there's like a street level magic that you know nobody knows. We talked about like music, you know, where like you have the music that is the big, you know, top forty radio music, but then you have like the street music that's you know the people who are really it's it, it's it's dirtier, it's 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 different, it's it's being it's newer, you know, it, it it's unpolished, and. Um, and so we, we really talked about this magic and like, oh, well, what would that magic be? Where would it come from? What would it do? Um, and so uh, uh, we built that magic up into this big final explosion of this uh, uh, street magic arc that I think is super fun. Um, really, really cool stuff. Uh, so that's what we're doing in Power Man and Iron Fist. Uh, Moon Knight um, is one of the best books out right now. Uh, I can say that because, um, you know, I don't, I, 
I just watched that book's genius come in and roll out. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, uh, Jeff Lemire is in top form. Greg Smallwood's one of the most exciting, incredible artists working today. Jordy's colors on that are essentially just perfection. Um, that Moon Knight story is 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 epic and incredible, and um, it's 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 cresting right now. It is it is again. This is a story that Jeff came to us with to tell, and and he is um, he's doing work that's so good it's it's almost infuriating <laughs> he, he worked so fast he turned in about six scripts at a time uh he he gave us like a whole bundle of scripts and um you know i sat down and i went through them and i i, I called him up and i was like well jeff i i have one note <laughs> and, <laughs> and i gave him my note and he went oh yeah that makes sense and turned it around in in an hour and that was it like that <laughs> it's uh those uh that that story is just incredible um, so that, and then uh, Patsy Walker as well. Um, Patsy's uh, Kate Leth and Brittany Williams. Um, I'll, I'll, I've actually sort of turned that book over to Kathleen, so mm -hmm. I'll let Kathleen run the hype on, <laughs> on Patsy. Um, and uh, it's we're wrapping up an arc where Patsy has had a cold that comes from sort of stress and traveling through too many mystical realms she was accidentally sent to hell by her ex-boyfriends um and then she's been in and out of her friend bailey's infinitely spacious bag and so she's had this reality altering cold and we've had uh, some great opportunities for Brittany to draw really great silly things happening when patsy sneezes and her friend's costumes change or um Jubilee grows to a giant size or in a tiny size. Um, and so it's just been a great culmination of the more magical thread that Kate has brought into the Patsy story. And with that ending, we'll then sort of go back to a more street level status quo for her for our big mall madness blowout, which is <laughs> mall uh, madness. Uh huh. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, they're a bunch of smart ladies, and they knew that if they brought Jubilee onto the book, it wouldn't make any sense not to go to a mall at some point. And so <laughs> it's going to be a, a lot of shopping and fashion. It's just going to be amazing. I'm so excited. There's a sale on the second floor. <laughs> <laughs> I just referenced that game to someone the other day, and they didn't know what I was talking about. Hmm. <laughs> Clearly, sad. they should be reading Patsy Walker. And it's yeah. time for a, a big cinematic reboot of Mom. <laughs> 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 and also, Patsy Walker got nominated for a GLAAD award. Yeah, and well-deserved. Um, the, the character relationship between Ian and Tom is really sweet and so based in their personalities and um, just so... Uh, emotional too and drawn so well rendered so well um, just a, a great romance too so sometimes we miss having you know kisses in comic books <laughs> but we've got it in Patsy Walker yeah, and she yeah. did uh, great work as well recently with uh, the Black Cat story mm -hmm. where you get to meet an old flame um, that, that that comes in and, and uh, I thought the way um, the way she handled that story was Lovely. I mean, really, really wonderful. Uh, Kate's doing some such great work on that book. Yeah. And Brittany too, and Rochelle Rosenberg. Mm -hmm. I want to. When you were talking about the the cold arc, um, Patsy Walker's cold nose. Yeah. That <laughs> Rochelle gives her <laughs> this like little red nose is so funny. This is great. 
That's a beautiful book. I feel like that's really relatable to me. I'm not <laughs> interdimensionally traveling, but I am traveling a lot and having to battle colds. Well, so. you you are really the Patsy Walker of Marvel offices. I think. You oh, can thank you. Own it. Own it. I'll own it. Maybe not the costume. <laughs> but nope. Nope. In for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> well, you're gonna uh, wear the yep. low, mm-hmm. the low V neck. <laughs> yep. I'll wear my low V. Uh, you you get on your Patsy outfit. <laughs> Sweet blue sash yep. action, a little cat ears. Yep. I mean, I'd rock those cat ears. Yeah, <laughs> not a problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> I just think I'd be short for Patsy. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. I don't know because you you've got you're a big Miss Marvel lady, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I am I, very short as Carol Danvers. And I, I think I think really the 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 tie here. Is sash work? Mm-hmm. I think you've got a key line in on this sash well, aren't thing. Are they best friends in the comics? Uh, Did they, they used to be best friends? I think they knew each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because they definitely knew each back in the like New Avengersy days. Yeah, and I thought they used to be yeah. friends. Yeah, maybe they're not. Duh, duh, duh. Oh no, <laughs> no, I think they're good. We've been we've been playing up the the um, She-Hulk angle right. as far as Marvel besties go, but I think you know. Those ladies all know each other. As the Women of Marvel podcast knows, we've got a nice, uh, uh, strong female contingent of girlfriends there in the in the Marvel U. We do. They all take care of each other. Exactly. Spider Woman and, you know, all, all that whole crew. Yeah. They've got history. They've got herstory. <laughs> Her Oh! Uh, <laughs> Well, on that note, <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us. Do you guys uh, have a Twitter for people to ask you questions on the internet? Absolutely. Uh, I am at Jake G. Thomas. That's my handle. And I'm at Wright Nesky. W-R-I-T-E. Uh-huh. N-E-S-K-I. Great. Well, we'll make sure we tag you guys on uh, on our story. Thanks again for joining us. If you guys are interested in any of those books, you can definitely pick them up in comic book stores now or pre-order. Plus, they're all available in the Marvel Digital Comics app. So go read them on your train or your plane or your interdimensional travel. <laughs> um, as always, if you have questions or suggestions, please email us at womanof at marvel.com or tweet at Marvel with hashtag womanofmarvel. We will see you guys next week. This is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>